0: The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International.
1: No matter what the enemy tries to do, never allow that to stop you, never ever allow that to cause you to want to quit. First of all, you have to know that God is on your side that God is for you, and he's not against you, and that he loves you. So God is not your enemy. God's not the one planning and plotting every day of what he can do to you. God didn't, you know, God didn't wake up with a bad head. God didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. God didn't wake up grumpy and say, I'll tell you what, I'm really irritated. Today. Let me see how I can harass my people. This, that's not even the way that he functions. He's a good God. Can you say amen? amen? And he loves his people. Amen. And he's got good plans for his people. On the other hand, the devil is a bad devil. Say this me, God is a good God. And the devil is a bad devil. And the devil doesn't like you. you. <laughs> And I don't like him either. You know, the devil and I agree. I hate him. He hates me. Are you with me? But God is on our side, and you have to realize that. He's for you. He's not against you. How many have gone through some rough times in your life with some tests and trials and things that come against you, which those come to everybody. The tests and trials of life come to every single person. But it's how we handle it. When you know that God is on your side, there, there are many things that you don't even understand. I can remember in the days leading up to Kelly's homegrowing, and I'll talk about this tonight. The Lord kept saying this to me. He kept saying this over and over to me Son, do you trust me with your life? I said, Yes, Lord, I trust you. He said, No, do you trust me with your life? I said, Lord, I trust you. And then he said again, do you trust me with your life? And at that moment, I would say, I totally trust you with my life. There's a lot of things I don't understand. Are you with me? And I'm standing here as your pastor today to tell you, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I actually have more questions now than when I started out 43 years ago in the ministry. I have more questions. I had all the answers 43 years ago. But I have more questions now. But this one thing I do know, that God is a good God, and he's on our side, and he's for us. Can you say amen? And that the Lord wanted me to know, he said to me, do you trust me with your life? I said, Lord, I trust you. I don't understand, but I trust you. And we have to come to that place in our life because obviously there's things that we cannot control. There's things that God knows that we don't know. Other people are involved. Other people make decisions that have nothing to do with us. Are you with me? And I've had many people say to me, I don't know how you could even carry on, you know, when your daughter dies in your arms on Christmas Day. Well. When we, when we got married, I mean, obviously, we, the, you know, the whole thing's for better or for worse. But you don't choose what's going to happen. We didn't know that one of our children would be born with cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic disease. We didn't know that. And here we are called into the ministry with a healing ministry, praying for people, praying for the sick. we are seeing many miracles happen. And then you're fighting this thing on the side. And we even had all the critics mock us. In actual fact, when Kelly died, they built a whole website all about Kelly's death and and about me and said, is he still laughing now? (laughs) Which you have to be some sick, demented theologian to want to prove your point against me by making a website about my daughter's death, and then they're gloating over it. Somebody said, well, aren't you mad at them? Look, they don't even know what they do. So you just have to release people because people will do anything to protect their theology. Because they are hell-bent on the fact that God doesn't save today. He only saves the very elect. How many have ever heard that? So when we see people come to know the Lord, they don't believe that they're really getting saved because God only saves the elect. That's rubbish. That's rubbish. God does know who's going to be saved. But let me tell you, salvation is open to every single person. Period. Whosoever will let him come. God has not ordained that certain people are born to go to hell. Every person is going to be given an opportunity this side of the grave to either accept Jesus or reject Jesus. That's why we preach the gospel. But if you listen to some of these people, they say, well, we don't need to preach because the ones that are going to be saved are going to be saved. Now, if you see me staring at people a little bit, I don't even recognize my own (laughs) pastors. They're all dressed up here like polar bears. I'm not sure. (laughs) Uncle looks like an Islamic terrorist sitting on the front (laughs) row here. So I'm just trying to work out Who's actually sitting here? It's like I'm preaching to this whole group of new people and they're all anyway. Bottom line is. So it's important that you understand that because there are there are situations that happen in your life that you don't have any control over. But you do have control over your own heart. And you do have control over your own mind and your own decisions. You can say, I'm done, I'm finished. God turned his back on me. He didn't turn his back on you. He never will turn his back on you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's on your side. Amen. Does it mean you understand everything? No, when I talk to the Lord, I'll I'll have a discussion with him. Are you with me? I talk totally open. I don't come and pray like some kind of religious prayer to try to impress God. Oh, God, as we gathered, Lord, thou knowest, yea, verily, verily, Lord, that thou... They... I, I talk plainly to him. I'll say, Lord, I don't even understand what's going on here, so if you don't mind, please tell me. And, and when you're totally open with God, God's totally open with you. The Lord talks straight to me, because I talk straight to him. Can you say Amen. Thank God we don't have to go through some preacher to talk to God. Thank God we don't have to go through some person to talk to God on our behalf, find out what God says, and then get the mind of God through some idiot. Thank God that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come using that name that is above every name. Again, that doesn't mean to say you understand everything. How are you doing, Pastor Ryan? Just get a shot of this. This is what I have to look at here this morning. This is Pastor Ryan. What are the dates for healing school? What's the next date for healing school? January the 3rd, yes. So the Lord reminded me, he said, do you trust me with your life? I said, Lord, I trust you. And of course, I don't have any questions about her home now. Are you with me? Because I, there's things I understand now and I'm going to talk about that tonight. There's certain things that as you grow in God, it's 20 years later that you understand, you see things differently. Are you with me? So did that mean to say that we stopped praying for the sick? No, we continue to pray for the sick. We have a healing school here. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. We're going to keep doing what the Word says to do. We're going to keep preaching the gospel. We're going to keep laying hands on the sick. We're going to keep on casting out devils. Yeah. When you see what God's doing, this is the greatest time to be alive. This is the greatest hour to be alive. And I know what the enemy has planned, but let me tell you, he picked on the wrong group of people. Because right here in 2022, there's a group of men and women that will not compromise, that will never bow their knee to the system They won't bow to the political system. They won't bow to the religious system. It does not matter. These people that are anti-God, anti-the Word of God, anti-the Holy Ghost, anti-the power of God, anti-signs and wonders, anti-blessing, anti-prosperity. Excuse me to take a hike. I'm siding with God. Amen. And we're going to see God do amazing things. People are going to be raised up here and launched to the far front corner of the globe. New churches are going to get planted. Bible schools are going to be launched. Men and women sit ablaze. Business men and women raise up. 300 multi-millionaires raise up right here in the church. Can you say amen? And every one of you finding your place of what God has for you. Hallelujah. And wait until New Year's Eve. I'm going to share the vision of the next three years of what's going to be happening. Next Saturday night, pray for warmer weather. No, apparently it does warm up. Apparently it is warming up. Amen. Hallelujah. I've never been to a church where they hand out hand warmers. I was standing in the back. People came and gave me hand warmers. They said, I said, where's that from? They said, no, you're giving them away. I said, we are. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. What is that? It's a hand warmer? Ooh. You can fry an egg on that. So say this after me. God is a good God. The devil is a bad devil. Healing, good. Sickness and disease, bad. Joy, good. Depression, bad. Prosperity and blessing? Lack? Bad. (laughs) Cars coming to you? Good. Cars being repossessed? Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Who's believing God for vehicle or transportation? Come on. Yeah. Somebody said, come on, God doesn't have a car for every person in the church? I believe he does. Amen. The car, the one you need. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's believing God for a home? I believe God has the right home for you. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Somebody said, but pastor, where, where is it? It hasn't come yet. Right now, while you're sitting here in church on Sunday, the devil's building you a house. Somebody grabbed a hold of it here today. Why? Because the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Hallelujah. Once again, God good, devil bad. Hallelujah. 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 Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you trust God with your life? Wasn't such a great response, was it? Do you trust God with your life? If you trust Him with your life, then there's nothing to fear. That's why every day we've just got to get up, trust, and obey. Do exactly what it tells us to do. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. There's people here this morning believing God for a husband. Others believe in God for a wife. Who thinks the Lord has the right one for you? As you've heard me tell you many times, it's not found on farmersonly.com. Grab a mic, come, stand here with me, baby. I just felt the Lord tell me to encourage everybody here this morning, especially as we're closing out this old year and coming into the new year, because I believe what, well, I I can't leak it out now, but what God's about to do in the new year is going to totally overshadow everything we've ever seen. Can you say amen? Amen. But I know, you know, when the Lord spoke to us, I mean, we had a lot of questions, but we had to just come to that place where we just totally just, Lord, we trust you. We don't understand a lot of things. You want to comment along those lines?
0: You know, one of the most wonderful things about being a believer is that we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. And he... he will tell us things to come. Jesus said he will tell us of things to come. And if we are listening, he's going to warn us and he's going to tell us of things to come. And, you know, sometimes we don't always understand what we're feeling, but we just know that we're feeling something that, you know, that's going in a a particular direction or we just feel something about a situation. And you, you have to follow your heart. But the Lord will prepare you ahead of time. You know, sometimes it's to avoid something. Sometimes it's so that you can know that He's with you in the middle of a situation. And I, I know that with Pastor Rodney, you know, he said he was going to share about Kelly tonight. He's already been sharing a little bit now. But, yeah, well, you know, that's you what...
1: whatever the Lord puts on your that's heart. That's what
0: happened to us from before she was even born. I knew there was something wrong. And the day she was born, God gave me one word. And He said, I've made her perfect and I didn't understand what that meant at that time until a few days later, because she was diagnosed very quickly with CF, fortunately. Um, Some kids go for months and months without being diagnosed, but she was diagnosed very quickly because she had a meconium ileus. she had, the mucus was blocking her colon, so she had to have a little operation, and they they were pretty sure what it was, but they didn't tell us until afterwards, and, and the Lord said to me he said I have made her perfect not perfect in sickness God's perfect is healed and well amen And he said just the same way that I took Abraham or Abram and I changed his name to Abraham which means father of many nations He was by that by the time his name was changed God had given him that promise of a son And he stood in faith for 25 years. His faith was growing and growing and growing. You know, a lot of times when people have to stand that long, their faith gets weaker and weaker and weaker, and they get more and more frustrated because God's given them this word and this word's not coming to pass. But it was 25 years that he stood. And God had him stand for 25 years because by the time— Isaac was born, and the reason Isaac was born is because his faith had grown to such a level that he didn't even see, he didn't even even think about how old he was, and he didn't even think about the fact that his wife was not only old, but barren and had been barren her entire life. He was fully persuaded, the Bible says. But God changed his name to Abraham and began to speak. So every time somebody said his name, Changed Sarah's name as well. Father of many nations. Mother of many nations. Father of many nations. Father of many nations. Mother of many nations. And the Lord said to me, the same way I changed Abram's name to Abraham. He said, I'm calling her perfect. And he said, you can look at me and my word or you can look at cystic fibrosis and the devil. And I had to make a decision that day. I was going to look at, to God and his word. And let me tell you, when, you, when you're walking through things and you, you, when you have a, a child that's ill all the time, it, it wears you out like emotionally and physically and in every way, thank God we've had the word to sustain us spiritually. Amen. Even when everything else is coming against us and we're tired and we're weak and we're struggling with things, we, 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 you've got to tap into the spirit and you've got to get a word from the Lord. There were yeah, so many and, times through and, the years. I mean,
1: here we are in a major meeting, a major, thousands of people coming and they're rushing my daughter to intensive care, you know. And then you have to make a decision. Look, I'm going out there. I'm going to smack this thing upside the head. The devil's going to pay for that. And then everybody looks at you and goes, boy, they have it easy. They have no clue what we're fighting in the background behind. Nobody ever knew. You don't walk in the pulpit, folks. Just want you know, the rush to know they're rushed again to intensive care. We all, we, I, I don't even know how I'm going to preach today. People, people are facing great battles. You can't bring your battle into the pulpit while other people are facing battles, then it just looks like people say, my God, I came to church to get help. The pastor's in worse case than I am. We better all just pray for him, are you with me? So I had to learn, we had to learn to put everything on the shelf, and the moment we walk into a service, as far as we're concerned, that's in the hands of God. Now we're going to minister the word of the Lord. Now we're going to preach the word. We're going to believe God to see signs and wonders and miracles. And we'll deal with the problem when we walk off the platform. And that's how we function all those years.
0: One of, one of the awesome testimonies that came, came out of the whole thing, um, you know, it, it was, yes, we would rather have our daughter here standing with us today and singing with us and ministering. But I thank God for what he did in us as we had to walk through those difficult things, because a lot of times it's just the difficult things that pushes you into pressing in harder to God and to the things of the Lord and um, you know one of the things that, that happened the lord when when he was praying for a wife, God spoke to him in an audible voice and said, "That is your wife." The Lord supernaturally showed me that our destinies coming together, and I knew that, that he was the one and Cystic fibrosis is the most common inherited disease. One in 20, 25 people, Caucasian people carry it, but it doesn't affect you because it's a recessive gene. But if two people get married, which is a one in 300 chance, then every child you have has a one in four chance of having cystic fibrosis. And so we had one one kid with it, the other two perfectly fine. And um, so... uh,
1: Which they even wanted you to perform an abortion.
0: Well, they they said to me, they said with, you know, Kelly was already born, but they said if you get pregnant again, you have the option of having, even though abortion's illegal in South Africa, we we will abort for cystic fibrosis. And I said, I I cannot do that. I I can't kill a baby. There's no way. So he said to me, don't do the test, because it's a needle into your, through your stomach. And he said, uh, you know, you can, it's a 1% risk, but it's still a risk that, that, you know, you could lose that baby when they stick a needle in. So when I was in this hospital, when... um, Kenneth was, when I was praying with Kenneth, but I had a total peace about Kenneth. I knew, I knew he was fine and he was. And um, so so thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, they kept trying to pressure me to do the test. And finally, I just, and I never, I wasn't that as bold at that time. And I, I was kind of quieter. I didn't always stick up for myself, but I tell you what, there's, there's, there's a few things that, that Joan, that when my back is against the wall, you know, in a sense, I come out swinging, and that's it. So you got to know I'll I'll be quiet a long time, and then when I hit that wall, then I'm I'm coming I'm coming out at you. And the doctor's like, I see you refused the test. I said, No, I refuse the abortion. Therefore, the test is not necessary. And I don't know what he wrote on that paper, but they never asked me that question again. (laughs) So listen, you got to be bold in your faith, faith, and you got to get in the devil's face, and you got to tell him where to go. And you know, so I said, you know, listen, yes, we have questions. I said to the Lord, Lord. You put us together. You knew. Why? How? And he said, you know what? You could have had Kelly and not had me. And it's one of those moments when you just like put a God on my lips. Because I realized we live in this world. We're not in heaven yet. Stuff happens. Stuff happens to you because you do stupid stuff. But there's a lot of stuff that happens that has nothing to do with you and you can't take the blame for it and the devil will keep you trapped in a cycle of guilt and blame and and you know even marriages will break down because pe- people are you know they, they get mad at each other and they mad at god they we cannot that's not helpful that's just the devil throwing things at you and saying, oh, God did it. No, the devil is a bad devil, and God is a good God. And you have to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt in your life, no matter what you go through. And I realized, you know what, listen, God has given us these words. He has spoken to us. He warned us. He prepared us. We just have to stand. And so I said to the Lord, Lord, I made a deal with God. I didn't, He showed me afterwards, I made a covenant with Him. We think it's just like a little discussion. To God, it's a covenant, and He takes these things seriously. Amen. It's like when we dedicate the babies to the Lord. The Lord's like, thank you, I'll take them. Amen. It's a serious thing when we make a deal with God. And I said to Him, you called us to travel and preach. And I know you didn't change your mind in spite of the fact that our daughter was born with cystic fibrosis and needs extra care and doctors and things like that. And I said, you knew. And I said, so, and I know you haven't changed your mind. And so we are not going to change what we're doing. We're not going to stop in one place and try to pastor a church or, get, or do something out of the will of God just because of a situation. So I said to him, I said, Lord, we will keep traveling and we will keep doing what you've called us to do. I commit to do that. But you have to take care of Kelly and you have to make a way and you have to provide for her and you have to make sure she's okay. And you know what he showed me a couple of years ago, I was sharing with someone the testimony, and the Lord showed me how. When we came to America, we, her first hospitalization cost $25,000 in 1988. $25,000. We were believing God for $500 a week to come in consistently, traveling because we were brand new in America. Nobody knew who we were and nobody cared. And so they would give you like, you know, 500 bucks a week to preach a whole week or whatever. And so we were believing for at least 500 and then we upped it to a thousand. Yeah, we've got this $25,000 bill. But they were so gracious. It was actually Oral Roberts um, Hospital in, in Tulsa. And they said to us, well, how much can you afford to pay? And I said, $200. They said, fine. And so we paid it. We started paying $200 a month. We started paying that debt. Well, I want to tell you the last check I sent them was $6,000. Amen. But, and we finished the debt off a few years later. And then um, you know there was a, a commission for handicapped children, and they approached us and they said, "We will help you." I don't know. We didn't even ask anybody for help. They didn't even know. I don't know how they knew we needed help, and they paid. Listen, it was forty to sixty thousand dollars a year,
1: just for medical, just for the
0: hospitalizations and stuff, and. Um, they paid everything. And then God started increasing us and God started prospering us. And, and then um, they said, well, we can't do 40000 this year. We can only do 20000 We said, that's okay. We'll cover the rest. And then we, we got insurance. So they didn't cover her for two years. We had to still pay. Then they finally started covering her. And the Lord showed me when I looked at it. He said, you never, you and your family, your children, you never missed out on anything to pay medical bills. You know, the leading cause of bankruptcy is medical emergencies. And and the Lord showed me, He said, I provided for her in, in many other ways other than finances. But the Lord showed me that he, that... I don't even know what I was thinking of when I said that, but I just said, Lord, you have to take care of her. And you know what? The Lord took care of every medical bill. We always had the money to pay or somebody else paid. It was covered. It never took us away from ministry. We kept traveling. We took Kelly around the world with us. Even in the middle of all the stuff that, that she had to go through, we carried, we, we just made it work. We, we built special flight cases for all, all of the equipment. We had to do treatments on her. And we took her around the world. You know what? And by the time she went home to be with Jesus 20 years ago at the age of 18, I felt like she lived until she died. We never spoke death. We never spoke terminal illness. We only spoke life. And she was such a miracle that, listen, 18 years old, I know that seems young, but she had... Um, moderate lung damage at, at the age of three she could have died at 10 11 12 years old they still use her case history at the hospital her doctor wanted to come and speak at the funeral they never met a kid like this it was a testimony through everything it was a testimony don't let the devil beat you up because of what you've been through don't let the devil make lay guilt on you and condemnation through what's come against your life, you just pick yourself up and you d- make a determined decision. I'm going to stand on the word of God. We decided we don't care that our child is ill. In fact, more in more so, we're going to preach healing because it's true. We we don't change our our confession or our or our preaching or our doctrine because of. Our circumstances, you cannot do that because the devil will pull you this way, he'll pull you that way, he'll drag you all over the place and, and you'll end up in a big mess. You have to stay, you've got to you gotta put your flesh under, let me tell you. you, you gotta, if you've got to go cry, go cry. Cry it out. You know, if you're going to get mad, get mad. and Then get mad, but get mad at the devil, amen? And, and pick yourself up and say, I'm going to stand on the Word. I'm going to love I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in peace, the peace of God. And I'm going to I'm gonna come through this. And I'm going to keep preaching God's word. And I'm going to keep winning souls. And I'm going to keep giving. And I'm going to keep doing what's right. And I'm going to glorify God. And in the middle of everything, the devil is not going to have the victory. We're going to give God the glory. Amen. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. So just before I share the word here, and we we'll give you opportunity to sow seed with our regular tithes and offerings this morning. I'm going to let Kelly sing Silent Night. This is her. She was 16 years old. Two years before she went home to build the Lord. I believe, was she uh, a little earlier than that? Maybe 14. She was 14. You hear her sing. We'd actually never heard her sing a whole song. But if she sang a line, she would cough. But when you go in the studio, you can record it. And we, we could cut all that out. So we were shocked when we heard her sing. And so I've been using this to stick up the devil's nostrils for the last 20 years. And um, anyway, Kelly, take it away, baby. Let me roll the other one. This is called the perfect tree. Might as well do it today. Come on, just roll this one. Get So 437, the early hours of Christmas morning, as I held in my arms, I made the bow. So I know there's people who think we're crazy, but they were not there. The intensive care unit at the Tampa General Hospital was an altar. No one told me to do that. There was no other option. She ran out of lungs. But I made a vow of a hundred million souls and the devil will pay a billion dollars into world missions. And then I even said I'll put a thousand young ladies into the ministry. So it's happening. I said it's happening. God is doing great and mighty things. So maybe you here tonight or today you're watching at night wherever you are. I know we are live in England. We Across Africa, it's evening there. Other parts of the world, maybe you've gone through something similar. Well, why didn't you pick yourself up today, make a vow to God on this Christmas day, and say, the devil's going to pay for what happened to me. Amen. And it's going to cost him with souls. Can you say amen? amen. How many years will it say with the uplifted hand, I'll make a fresh vow to God today. Amen. And the devil's going to pay. Amen. Let me read this passage of Scripture. This is probably one of my favorite passages when it comes to the Christmas time. And I've read it probably four times this month, but I feel like this is Christmas Day, so I'll do it again this morning from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, talking about the wise men that came. Verse 10 says, When they saw the star, they were thrilled with ecstatic joy. We here at the river understand what ecstatic joy is. Many places don't. They think it's a smile. You tell people to be joyful, they think because they smile that they're happy. But a lot of people hide behind a smile, but they're not really happy. When you come by a room or whatever, and there's a lot of laughter, and joy. You can hear there's something going on on the inside. Well, the Bible says they saw the star. They were thrilled with ecstatic joy. Going on into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother. They fell down and worshiped him, then opened their treasure bags, and they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I have a little mini book that's out, and the book's called, What Gifts Do You Bring the King? The Lord actually had me write that book based off of that passage of scripture. Because yeah, they came, they came to worship. We are in worship right now. And in just a few minutes we get to worship God with our earthly treasure. And so I always tell people when we come to church, we don't ever come empty handed. We always come to bring something to worship God with. Amen. Something in the natural, something that is tangible what we work for. You earn your, your finances, you set aside your tithe, your offering, you come, and you're not giving it to a church. Somebody said, well, I'm just giving it to a church, or I'm giving it to a ministry. No, we're giving to the king, we're worshiping the king. They came to worship and they opened their treasure bags. So I've always challenged people down through the years with this, what gifts do you bring the king? Because really, today is actually Jesus' birthday. And yet today, everybody gets gifts. Who got a gift today? Three people. (laughs) Everybody's got their hands warm, they're not raising their hand, doesn't matter what I say. But who got, (laughs) who who did receive a gift this week? Anything? Just something. Okay. So, you're gonna make me feel sorry for you. Then I'm gonna have to give everybody Christmas gifts that didn't get a gift. You know, but I'm sure I can find something to give you here today. But so we don't come empty-handed. If we if we it's somebody's birthday, we always go out of our way to go get something to come and bless them with. Are you with me? And so. Somebody said, yeah, but Jesus' birthday, you receive an offering every service. I understand because it's to do with worship. It's got nothing to do with Christmas Day or his birthday. It's got to do with worship. We come to worship him. We never come to his house empty handed. And it's got nothing to do with the church needs, the money or whatever. This is what the Word of God has instructed us to do as believers is to support the work of God. And I just want to thank all the people here all the River members, all the partners with this ministry, if you're watching on the rerun, for your financial support of this ministry, everything you see happening here, we pay cash for. And it's been supernatural. Because people have come, and they've never come empty-handed. They've always brought something to worship the King. And we're going to do that in just a few minutes. Now... Somebody said, "Yeah, but pastor, I don't have what somebody else has. It's not. It's got nothing to do with. Okay, so he he can give more than me. It's you bring what is of value to you as an individual. And I can remember when we started out, the mounts. She t- she tells you those early weeks when we were in America, we believe in God for five hundred bucks a week." are you with me? Now $500 wouldn't even pay for the hand warmers. Are you with me? $500 wouldn't even pay for the water that we give out here on Sunday. And the list goes on. So what seemed like a lot back in 1988 is minimum. Now, I, can't, I, don't even, I haven't really looked at the, at the amount of money, but I mean, to run this ministry, just to, just to cover the bare minimums would be a half a million dollars a week, minimum. That's the budget, minimum. But with the building, we're spending probably close to 800, 900, up to a million dollars every single week as we build this building. So how many of you know $500 a week and a million dollars a week is a big difference? Are you it 's amazing what time can do it 's just a couple of more zeros. can you say amen and then us being able to sow that first year, I think the whole income of the ministry in one thousand nine hundred and eighty eight was like sixty thousand dollars, and we did, we, we, I think we probably were able to sow maybe seven eight thousand of that, you know, so we covered the tide and we gave some offerings this year we probably close to $6.8 million that we've been able to sow into other ministries. It's a big difference. Are you with me? From $6,000 to $6.8 million. But everything grows. And that's what's happening to every single one of you here. You're growing in the things of God. Where you are now is not where you're going to stay. Where you are, where your level of faith right now, even, and I'm prophesying to you right now, Sorry, it's a little cold, sometimes my word gets stuck somewhere here, but um, I prophesied to you today that three years from now you're not even going to recognize yourself just because your faith is growing, not only in your area of giving, but your faith is growing in the area of receiving. There's things that God's going to have you receive that you couldn't receive right now because you're not at the level to receive. Because in order for you to receive it, you'd have to go to another whole realm. Are you with me? But you're growing. And every single one of you are growing. Not only are you growing, you are prospering. You are thriving. God is increasing you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they haven't seen anything yet. I can, I'm looking at you, and I can tell you the change that's happened in three or five years of you being here, some of you. Others that have been here longer, 10, 15, 20 years, the church is now 26 years old. I can see the growth that's taken place. And for the others that have launched out of here, that have gone to remote regions of the world and seen churches spring up, if you, if you took them back, you put them in the pew, you put a camera on them, and then we told you that couple that you see sitting there, this is what they're gonna do in 10 years from now, you'd say impossible. But just like you sitting here right now, I can tell you because of the Word of God, what God's gonna be doing in your life in the next three to five years, it's gonna blow people's minds, why? Because the Word of God comes into you and begins to grow on the inside of you, and the Word of God begins to prevail on the inside of you, and you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger than ever before, and you'll never quit. You will never quit. You'll never quit. The reason why we're here today is because we just will never quit. I don't have a quit button on my body. I don't even have a tap out. Somebody said, look, if you get choked up, I'm still coming at you. Are you with me? I do not have a quick bone in my body. God's Word is true. And we're gonna see the supernatural hand of God in the life of every one of you. Can you say amen? Amen. Miracles are provision in your life. Hallelujah. Even miracles this last week of December, between now and next Sunday, miracles. Come on, let's close out with a supernatural burst. Hallelujah. Now, I want to give a call because this is Christmas Day. And as I always tell people, the greatest gift that you could ever give to the Lord, obviously we give of our resources and that, but to give of yourself. And I just want you to bow your heads right across this room. If you're here today, you don't know the Lord, would you give your life to Him? He gave everything for you. That's what this is all about. Maybe you need to present yourself afresh to the Lord today on this, the 25th day of December, 2022. Whether you're coming for your first time to give your life to the Lord or you're coming to make sure or you're coming to surrender your life afresh. If God is talking to you, I want you to get up from where you are and come stand here, right here. We're going to pray with you right now. Just quickly come as they sing this again. Just come from where you are. Come stand right here. Mother, you can bring your son. Son, you can bring your father. Family members, you Today is a day of a fresh start. Come quickly. Come quickly, a new day. He's calling you now, come. spirit there's several people here today God's even calling you into the ministry you'll be able to look back and say it was on the 25th day of December 2022 when I said okay Lord I'll obey if that's you I want you to come stand over this side here quickly God's been speaking to you about the full time ministry quickly come come sing it again i uh-huh. pray for you first. If you look at me, all those standing here, and then I'm going to pray with you second. If you mean busy with God, God means busy with you. You that are watching my way of television, as I pray with them, you pray with me. Let's pray this together right now. Just close your eyes. Raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this together with me. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name. of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, you said in your Word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that you have raised Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess, Jesus, is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart, put in a heart of flesh, wash me, cleanse me, change me, fill me, and use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin, and I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith, In the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, "Amen." Amen.
0: This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Doctors Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.